Welcome to another episode of Real Estate Investing News for Accredited Investors. Check out the video webinar version of this episode on our YouTube channel or visit simplepassivecashflow.com slash investor letter and check out our sister podcast by searching for the Simple Passive Cashflow Podcast on your favorite podcast player. Welcome to another episode of Real Estate Investing News for Accredited Investors. Check out the video webinar version of this episode on our YouTube channel or visit simplepassivecashflow.com slash investor letter and check out our sister podcast by searching for the Simple Passive Cashflow Podcast on your favorite podcast player. All right. Welcome, everybody. This is the April 2021 monthly market update where I go over all the latest happenings that impact real estate and my investment portfolio. I don't know about yours. If you guys want to check this out on the YouTube channel, go to a simple passive cash flow, search that. And all the videos of all these past months are found at simplepassivecashflow.com slash investor letter. So let's get going. The uh, Easter egg this month, if you guys want to grab the free giveaway, go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash QRP, QRP quail ralph paul to get the free book to learn how to avoid udfi and ubit tax you get hit when you start to invest with that type of accounts your qualified retirement money in leverage investments and you do want to use leverage right we all want it to a certain point right where you get the best returns with cash flow but yeah i think if you were listening to our last office deal webinar uh, it's funny talking with the Fang office folks. A lot of them don't know what this QRP, Solo 401ks, and Roth IRAs. And we were laughing because the ultra high net worth don't do that stuff. <laughs> so it made me laugh quite a bit. But for a lot of you guys under $4 million net worth, a lot of your equity might be in your retirement accounts. And this may be one way to get it out. But I kind of think for most people, it just makes sense to take it out. But I, of course, Therein lies the strategy, and that's why you listen to the Simple Passive Cashflow podcast. And uh, check us out. Join the Investor Club, simplepassivecashflow.com slash club, and get all the insider secrets, such as do I need to be using a QRP in the first place? All right. So first thing here, this is a sort of an indicator on TSA checkpoint screenings. So yeah, TSA, the security folks at the airport, this measures a seven-day moving average and it is definitely coming back up as of March, April, from the low of April 2020. We're about halfway there from the peak of where we used to be prior to 2020 and 2020. So things are coming back. Slowly, we're not, we're like halfway there in terms of TSA stats. And if you guys are listening to this in podcast form, if you go to Simple Passive Cash Flow Podcasts, and you want to get a glimpse of all the cool charts that I put together here and the flood graphics, you could also check this out on our YouTube channel or at simplepassivecashflow.com slash investor letter, of course. Stimulus plan came out again, another $1.9 trillion one. My wife says, I asked her, how many stimulus plans do you think there were? She was like, three, because I got three checks. Really, I think there's four or five by now. And uh, there's probably going to be, I'm guessing, two, maybe three more to come later this year. Who knows, maybe even next year. But yeah, I think stimulus helps investors, right? That's essentially just running up debt. And the people who are going into deals with good debt are they going to be the benefactors in the future. But here's a little chart, just checking yourself where you fall based on how many dependents you had come to you. But you guys are all smart. You guys got your checks. You guys are cool. You guys do a direct deposit. Now, 
this is something interesting moving forward. Not to say anything politically. Actually, I don't say anything politically. I don't really, really care one way or the other. But I do know Democrats typically spend more money in terms of stimulus dollars, and which ultimately helped me. So I guess that's a cool thing in the end. But Senator Ben Cardin let a little thing slip there on the hot mic. He said that Democrats will most likely, and I quote, most likely use reconciliation on an infrastructure package. And basically what that is, now that the Senate and the House is majority power going to the Democrats, they can use this to bully their bills and stimulus packages through. So it is what it is. They have the edge. Actually, in all, the president's Democrat too. So all three branches of government going to the Democrats. And then you ask me, I don't care. Look, guys, spend your time on making money at your job or investing your money and spend less time on worrying on things you can't control. Figure out where the puck is going. Go there. All right. Now I'll probably get some hate mail or some trolls on the YouTube channel for that. But it is what it is. Anyway, a lot of folks are thinking that the US GDP is going to go gangbusters. I think we've shown Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac stats. Here is one from the conference board where they are showing some upside projections, downside projections, and the base projections. Actually, I like to see the optimistic, pessimistic, and then the baseline in deals just to compare them. But yeah, they're expecting growth expectations to reach 5 to 6% for 2021 due to COVID-19 relief spending and the overall things getting back in movement. Here's some demographic trends. I think this is no surprise to everybody. The big green dots are where the top 10 population rank growth is. These are in no particular order going from the right to the left or east to west. Raleigh, Charlotte, Atlanta, Houston, Dallas, Fort Worth, Austin, San Antonio, Phoenix, Arizona, Salt Lake City, and Las Vegas. Those are the top 10. The bottom 10 are Los Angeles, Orange County, Milwaukee, Detroit, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Baltimore, New York City, I believe that's New Haven and Philadelphia. Bigger pockets. I don't know where these guys get their data from, but they said top cities for red growth in 2020. Number one, Houston, Texas, Portland, Oregon, Dallas, Texas, Chicago, Illinois, St. Petersburg, Florida, Phoenix, Arizona, Round Rock, Texas, Oklahoma City, Scottsdale, Arizona, and Killeen, Texas. If you're reading this chart, they're saying Houston rent growth is going to go up 19%. I don't know where they're getting their numbers from, but I'm just throwing out these percentages personally. But I'm you know, just looking at the top 10 and, hey, these are good markets is the message that I'm pulling away as an investor. John Burns put out this cool article with five new home design stops and starts. So things that are coming in in terms of trend, things are going out. First one, healthy living. So less focusing on the materials used to build the home and start focusing on creating a healthy lifestyle in the new home, such as low VLC materials. Uh, marketing should emphasize things such as better sleep and easy to clean surfaces throughout the design rather than those certifications or low block materials. I guess what they're saying is those lead, platinum, silver. I always thought that stuff is garbage in the first place. It was just like the contests of who could pay the most to these guys to give them the best score. Uh, actually, I shouldn't say that, but I guess what they're saying is those certifications are being less and less important and getting back to the basics of easy to clean services and better sleep. Next thing, rethinking privacy. So 
Are they placing the windows in the right location? And homeowners have a strong preference about their entry design and most don't want a front porch for unplanned conversations with their neighbor. I guess that's what a garage is for. You just open the garage, drive in, you close the garage, you don't have to talk to anybody. You never have to get out. Just go to your, your cubicle at home, go to your cubicle at work, go to your cubicle that drives you around. Number three, functional tech. Smart tech should make the home run smoothly from behind the scenes. Going away are the touchless tech and the voice assistants still have some runway from growth. I don't know about you, but I still don't trust Mrs. S. She always gets it wrong. Mrs. A, I'm learning how to control that one. I'm not going to say it because things will start to go. The largest opportunity for smart homes is tech that identifies maintenance issues before disaster strikes. I think maybe they're talking about those fancy refrigerators that I don't have that tells you when something is going bad or something like that. I know none of the such. I don't have a Google house like that because I rent and I'm happy. Sound and sight home offices are historically been in the front of the house, which is exactly where consumers don't want them. They want to put them in the back of the house or upstairs with a window in front of the desk and wall behind the desk for effective video conferencing. Interesting. Yeah, but this makes sense, right? They want to have their uh, office in the back, hidden, I guess. Young families will invest in homes. Despite the theoretically having less disposable income, young families want the private spaces, the healthier home, and multifunctional kitchen, and the sanctioning bathrooms that most are also more likely to replace a perfectly functional appliance or fixture if it is out of style. Start focusing on more helping them with their busy lives. You know, this might be the trend, right, for the 5% that can actually afford their own damn house, but 95% of them, or the vast majority, can't afford it and will live in rentals and apartments. So what they can afford not is what nice to have. But now I'm starting to sound like an old grumpy man. Moving on to some commercial stuff here. Disney to close 60 stores in North America. So if you guys like to dive in that massive pile of Disney plush toys, I guess you probably can't do that anymore because they don't allow you to touch the uh, merchandise, but they might even be closing your nearby Disney store. So you're going to have to go to Disneyland to get your stuff or go to eBay. Refinance loans propel yet another increase in home mortgage lending activity during the fourth quarter of 2020. This from Adam Datum Solutions. So what they're saying here is purchases, refinance, and HELOCs are on the uptick as of the last three quarters. Now this makes sense, right? People are getting back into the market, uh, more, more lending action. Another top 10 market from alndata.com. Now this is more apartments. Top 10 markets, Phoenix, Arizona, Tampa, Florida, Dallas, Fort Worth, Houston. Those are your top five, top four by long shot. Now you start to get into Atlanta, Seattle, North Carolina, Follettaville, Raleigh, North Carolina, Denver, Colorado, Orlando, Florida rounds up top 10. It's Phoenix, Tampa, Dallas, Houston, Atlanta, top five. Joint Center for Housing Studies of Harvard University came up with this cool article. And I'm just taking this one figure that I saw useful where the rise in young adults living with parents early in the pandemic was mostly reversed after the summer. So what they're saying is the young adults, they obviously moved in with mom and dad starting last year but then now they're regressing back and think back out and it has it broken down between 18 to 24 years old 
which, yeah, a lot more of them went running back to mom and dad, as opposed to the 25 to 29 year old. This is a great resource, this Joint Center for Housing Studies of Harvard University. I don't think this is very biased industry data, like some of the multifamily housing news, but these are very rich articles if you guys are bored and you want a good resource. Another resource from alndata.com does a lot of apartments, top 10 worst markets. And the naughty 10 is New York City, Los Angeles, Chicago, Grand Rapids, Michigan, Birmingham, Alabama, Shreveport, Louisiana, Illinois, Springfield, Northwest Arkansas, Buffalo, New York, Richmond, Virginia. But I think out of this list, New York City is by far the biggest loser. New York City, the rest of the list, they're losing some population, but not too much. Huge news coming out of Phoenix, Arizona, as we mentioned them earlier. Phoenix mixed-use project takes a giant leap, reported by commercial property executive as this Development would comprise a 2.1 million square feet of light industrial as well as office, retail, and entertainment space. And this is uh, Keystone Equity's recent acquisition of 129.39 acres in Goodyear, Arizona, situated at the Interstate 10 and Loop 303. More things from Phoenix, Pintar Investment, Suncrest Real Estate to develop a 109-unit build-to-rent community in Phoenix. Now, this is something I've been hearing a lot about on podcast land. Some of you guys have sent in emails on this, and I just think it's people are just like building turnkey rentals to sell to unsophisticated investors. But it makes sense, right? People want newer stuff these days. They don't need to be in the best areas. They just want it to be new. And I see the appeal to this. This is why people would rather be in smaller living conditions like a condo, one bedroom, high rise apartment where it's new. They have all the cool amenities and it's cheaper as opposed to being in a larger house or traditional housing environment. But you know, people have, there's like this thesis that you know, people want new. So when you give the people to what they want that can't afford it, you have to buy to rent. So the investor buys it and then rents it out. I'm not a big fan of this, but hey, prove me wrong, right guys? But they're building that in Phoenix because of the population growth. Another chart here, Market five-year rent growth projections over the national average. So this is a five-year rent horizon. Phoenix, Arizona, number one on the list at 37% rent growth in this five-year period. Second place, Inland Empire, California, San Bernardino area, 32%. Dallas, Fort Worth, 32% in this five-year period. Atlanta, Georgia, 31%. And then you go down to Baltimore, Seattle, New York City, Northern New Jersey, Central Valley, California, Orange County, Oakland, San Francisco, why can't I say it, Peninsula. Now, these are all the big rent growth jumps over a long period, right? Not just six months or a year, but a five-year period. These are your long-term trends. And out of this list, a lot of your primary markets, right, which you've come to expect. But out of these, the top 20, top 24 markets that actually will cash flow, let me go to here. The only ones will do it will be Phoenix. I don't think Inland Empire will cash flow, which is too much close to Los Angeles. And it's in the state of California. Who wants to own real estate there? Where the tenant wants all the power. Dallas, Fort Worth, Atlanta. Yeah, I like those markets. But all these other ones, they're all blue states. You're not gonna, the rent to value ratios, you're not gonna be able to cash flow with a class B or C asset. Indianapolis, number 15 on the list is on here. That cash flows. Salt Lake, not really, you can't really cash flow there anymore. 
Tampa Bay, Detroit, and Soto, but that's getting lower on the list. More news from Tempe, which is essentially Phoenix. Millhouse enters Arizona market with $177 million multifamily development in Tempe, which will feature a 310 studio, one, two, and three bedroom. So yeah, more development. And also here's another one. Intel expands. What, what's making all this Phoenix news? Intel expands Arizona footprint with $20 billion investment. Two new factories will be developed at the company's campus in Chandler, Arizona, which is pretty much Phoenix. Now, John Burns, with their March Madness theme, came up with these fun-themed bracketology for their next emerging markets. So in the Southeast Conference, Greenville, South Carolina, Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, South is poised to welcome 82% of the national household growth over the next decade, which is why we like to invest in Alabama and Texas. Looking at, I don't know, as much Knoxville, but yeah, Knoxville, not Memphis, but Knoxville and some of those smaller markets in Tennessee have been looking good. I don't really look at South Carolina. To me, it's just too far, but I hear it's a great market. Western Conference, the Tucson, Arizona, Fort Collins, Colorado are benefiting from the rapid growth and rising prices in Phoenix and Denver. I don't know if you can cash flow in Denver or Fort Collins. That's the problem with that. I'm not saying that they're bad places, but you just can't cash flow there. Bracket Busters, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and Spokane, Washington are booming for their relative affordability, house prices, and house prices that are rapidly rising. And then the perennial powerhouses, I guess these are your North Carolinas and your Dukes. Austin, Texas, and Phoenix, Arizona, most markets merit mentions as university cities as a clear destination for new home buyers, particularly out of California. Do you guys go on YouTube and inundate with these videos of people saying why they're, they're getting the heck out of California? It's hot stuff these days. Hot topics, very tweetable topics or YouTube algorithm friendly topics, leaving California to go to Texas. Arizona, Vegas. And here's a screenshot of the Yardi Matrix, another multifamily apartment uh, rent tracker that I follow. Year over year rent growth of all asset classes. Take a little breather here. If you guys have not yet, join our community, get educated, go through our Huido Pipeline free e-course that is up this month. Go to simplepassacashflow.com slash club for that. And if you've been following with us and getting a sense of our community and our unique tribe of high net worth working professionals trying to get our net worth from one to $10 million, check out our family office Ohana Mastermind, which is to grow your network and also get in a group of other like-minded high paid professionals. To learn more, go to simplepassacashflow.com slash journey. And for those of you guys just getting started, maybe your net worth is under a quarter million dollars trying to pick up your first rental property or remote turnkey rental, check out the Simple Passive Cash Flow Remote Investor Incubator. Check out the e-course if you just want to dip your toe in that, but you can learn more about that at simplepassivecashflow.com slash incubator for information about the e-course and the incubator there. The preceding offers general personal finance information concerning real estate for investment purposes. Every investor's situation is unique. Always seek the services of professional tax and legal advisors before relying on any information you take to your end. Information is not guaranteed as in every investment there is risk.